0: Welcome to the Lintless Landscapers podcast. I'm Paula and I'm here today with David Hedges Gower, who is a lawn consultant and chairman of the Lawn Association. So today we're going to be discussing all things lawn and turf and everything. It kind of all mixes into the Time for Turf campaign. This is how this whole conversation began. So go on to the show. As the founder of the Landscaper Circle, and the Limitless Landscapers podcast, I am here to help you get more money, time and freedom to make your life and business truly limitless. Through my experiences as the owner of a garden design and landscaping business and through tried and tested methods, if you want help with the marketing, managing and growing of your business, then you are in the right place. If you are a landscaper, garden designer, horticultural business or a supplier to the industry, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome David and thank you com- for coming on the podcast today. First of all, let's tell our listeners what you are, what you do and what you're passionate about lawns, I'm assuming.
1: Well yeah g- lawns and grass, you know they're, they're, I, I suppose I, I'm one of those. I, I left school, went into golf, was, ended up being the youngest head greenkeeper at 19, 19 years of age. Sounds too long ago actually. <laughs> And I, I sort of, back in that day, you know, you, I, I did the sort of Richard Branson thing. I went, yeah, of course I can do that job, but, you know, let's be fair, I couldn't. But i tell you what, I, I learned, and I learned with failure and everything else. Going through that, I ended up my career as superintendent of a place called the Oxfordshire Golf Club, hosted, I think, 10, 10 TV golf tournaments in about the first six, seven years of operation so very very high profile very expensive to join it was as high quality turf as you could maintain almost anywhere in the world but it was great it was good learning not all good learning you know some bits i learned and that's changed my views now but yeah i moved into lawn care i got to 40 and thought i don't know if i want to do this anymore uh then realized it was all i could do And I did have a sort of passion for grass and and the strange thing was when I moved into lawn care I kind of thought well this is going to be a bit bit easy actually you know surely it's got to be all sorted and everything everyone knows everything it can't be that complicated but but you know as I've moved into various bits of the media doing media work for uh, various people I've realized that yeah we're And in fact, the the one thing that that always comes to mind, if you Google lawn care, I think it comes up with like three quarters of a billion pages of lawn care uh, or websites or whatever it is. And you sort of think, so we're either a nation that are are absolutely fanatical about lawns, which I don't think we actually are, or we're a nation that we've got millions and millions of people think they're lawn experts. And sadly, it's the latter. You know, anyone could be a lawn expert. So one of what I've sort of have done, I suppose, is is trying to educate people, and that that isn't in manicuring lawns at all. It's it's understanding how important the plant is in our lives, in our society, in our in our gardens. And I've done, you know, an enormous amount of things behind the scenes, I suppose, that no one probably ever sees, but. Uh, promoting lawn care in a in a horticultural industry where it's certainly been knocked for many years because there was no voice you know Monty said you know you know lawns are terrible blah 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 no one would ever reply and so we've, we've you know over a number of years now been trying to lift people's understanding of them the sustainability that, that is there that can be achieved but by God, it's been a hurdle because we've had too many people trying to give their own opinion on, on well, their own lawn, perhaps, you know. And, and I think, mo- you know, modern, modern lawns today are incredibly different in, in, in terms of our thought processes because, you know, we've got so many different types of lawn. So many different people's interpretation of a lawn, and the one thing I've always said is the perfect lawn is the one that's perfect for you. Yeah. I forget. <clears throat> Truthfully, the the one thing that I've always promoted is trying to get people to understand what the perfect lawn is, because from a consultant's perspective, I found the perfect lawn many years ago on a National Trust training day at a place called Plas Newid. Apologies if that was completely wrong, but I don't, you know. It was in angle see, that's all I can say. And we found the perfect lawn. And what it was, was a lawn that had the right grass species for the right soil type. It had the right soil that digested the thatch naturally. So they didn't have to scarify it particularly at all. And, and it sort of worked in conjunction with each other. So they, they just mowed this piece of grass. And it was, it was on a bank. It wasn't even a lawn as such, but it was perfect. Botanically, it was perfect. Yeah. And I sort of try and get people to go, well, that's, that's where we need to be. Yeah, That's perfect, that's simple, and it's really easy. So, you know, when, when you're having to do lots of thatch control, you know, it's because your soils are poor, so make the soils work. Everything's, <coughs> everything's working with nature, making nature work. So, it, but that's a struggle because as I say, everyone's got their own interpretation of what perfection should be, and that could be a stripe or ridiculously dark green or whatever so uh, so that's that's sort of what I've done it's been like I say I do I do do a lot of media stuff trying to get that media side of you know including people like the RHS to understand that yeah this is it's actually really simple I don't know why you lot make it so difficult,
2: difficult. yeah
1: it, it's you know learn about the. and a strange thing one on last week as I said to you earlier I did a talk to uh, historic gardening federation or whatever from sweden or apologies if i get it wrong and anyone listens i can't remember the exact name of it but i said you know the strange thing about you know we talk about lawns and being a monoculture do you know the plants that are actually in your lawn because if you you know every other aspect of a lawn if i say oh, a garden sorry if i said well what's that rose somebody go oh well, that's rosa mosa or blah 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 or whatever it may be and you go well if you don't know one of two of the three probable main species in your lawn what blooming hope have you got you can't just feed it because someone else says feed it you can't just stick a fork in the ground because someone forks it next door or whatever you there's got to be a purpose of doing every operation and if you don't need to do it don't do it if it doesn't work don't do it you know think think about it and 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 the next uh, uh, the, the association has been important for me because it sort of gives a platform for people to learn rather than rather, learn the fundamentals rather than you know bob or sue's you know interpretation of you know lawn what, what they should put on their lawn or whatever it might be um you know it can be long lawn, laws and grass in general can grab you you know i can understand to a point why people become obsessed because it's a wonderful feature in a garden, but but I do think you know it's a bit strange sometimes when people are that obsessed with it. But it can grab you, and it's it's almost. A, I had a golf bug. I, I remember playing. I was a professional, semi-professional golfer at uh, about seventeen, and I remember I heard this word called the golf bug, and I thought, bloody hell's that? You know, am I going to get cold or something? But but it grabbed you. It grabs you when you want it to be better, and uh, and lawns do the same. You know, they grab people and they become absolutely obsessed with lawns. I'm, I'm not like that at all. I'm obsessed with educating, but I have no interest in mowing my lawn more than once a week. Get away with it. I've got a robot as well on, on my daughter's lawn. I'm quite happy with that. It's great. Uh, I haven't got the time to mow grass to be perfectly honest, but but there you go. So that's 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 my background to it in a in a nutshell
0: would you say kind of the main issue is people that uh well most of us I'd say the majority of us don't understand what we have in the lawns we have or yeah. you know and like I, I was looking at the lawn association website and you're saying you're like the the link between an a gardening enthusiast and sort of the designer and the lawn professionals and the horticultural media how would you say you're linking it on and yeah what what does the Lawn Association do for all of us to understand our lawns better, really?
1: I, I mean, the, the whole point of the, the learning course. I mean, it, it's incredibly simple for a start, and I, I know I'm not trying to plug it, but it's it gives you a foundation. It gives you an understanding of the link between uh, grass, thatch, and soil. You know, they're the three <laughs> dimensions that we have in our lawn. If you don't realise that the three interact, that that you'll always struggle if you treat one. And a lot of people do, they, you know, let's be fair, they'll treat a lawn as uh, probably the top part. So they feed lawns all the time, absolutely way too much. They're colouring stuff, trying to get it greener because they assume that that's great. But if you actually enhance the grasses to do what they already do, it actually becomes simple. And that the foundation, uh, the sort of learning courses, gives you the foundation of understanding. The grass species, you know what what aeration will be necessary for your soil types. For example, what soil types there may be, and the problems you will incur with them. So, it's quite it's quite comprehensive. I mean, some people are taking you know weeks and weeks to get through it, but I think um, it's one of those things you you you've got to go back and let it soak into your head. But it's it's really to go forward with a, a sort of sustainable foundation of knowledge that you can go. Yeah, I, I get that, but I don't want to go mad. I just want to make grass healthy here. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, make it look like Wimbledon. You wouldn't want to anyway, because it would cost you millions. But nobody sees that side of the lovely Wimbledon. They just think it's it's a lovely piece of turf. They'd all like their lawn to look like. Oh, yeah. R- so, yeah, the, the 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 sort of fundamental, what we're taking is all the mists and all the, I'd say, dribble. Because uh, I yeah. would call it dribble that we've had from horticultural media, celebrity gardeners, whatever that means. I've, I, I just sort of, you know, we, we've thrown it all out. You know, if you think that a garden fork, for example, is going to be your solution, you're probably quite deluded. Yeah. You know, a garden fork was designed for a vegetable patch and a garden uh, flower bed. It wasn't designed for lawns. But of course, it makes holes, so it must be okay. Yeah. Well, so does stilettos. <laughs> I have no experience in stilettos, of course, but that you know, making a hole is not difficult in the ground. But what's the purpose of it? What are you trying to achieve? And this is you know, this, like I say, it gives you a base, and it's really not a complicated learning course. It, it literally is that, you know, you learn and, and you'll have these little light bulb moments, and you go. Yeah, I never thought of that, never thought of it like that at all. And it's, yeah, I understand that now. So it's very simple. It's it's aimed at sort of homeowners, landscapers, gardeners, because, you know, I haven't found anyone yet, and including gardeners, you know, professional gardeners. I've been fortunate enough to deal with some fantastic uh, professional gardeners all over the UK, but they know diddly squat about lawns most of the time. and and maybe rightly so. I mean, it's a completely different area. However, it's still a plant. You know, that's and again, this is this is this is one of the sort of things I do when I talk to people about consultancy or training is to go right. You know, don't ever forget. In fact, I always have the back of your mind. I'm dealing with a plant here, and I know how to grow plants. It might be in a pot, or it might be, but the principles in general are actually oh yeah yeah that's quite similar you know you don't ever go to a garden center and say excuse me have you got i'm trying to grow this you know rose can you meet some mediocre soil or some really crappy stuff no you don't do that do you you go actually well you know i'm going to start properly because yeah. i know that the plant will benefit with lawns we don't do that we don't we don't construct it in my opinion we don't construct very well we don't have methods to construct we have personal interpretations of how we should do it. And I, I think you know grass can be very, very prevalent in horticulture going forward. It can be very sustainably done. But we we need to sort of have a bit of a reboot, I think, and and start putting some more education out there so that it, it doesn't become hard work. You know, the amount of lawns I've seen and heard about that you know have been returfed and then they're returfed about three or four years later and you go you when, when you started re did you look at what the problems were in the first place that stopped the grass growing? And what, if you don't correct them it won't work.
0: What do you find are like the main sort of problems or mistakes that happen when people go along and, and like us we're landscapers and designers yes. uh, people want a lawn and you know my biggest thing is to talk them out of an artificial grass lawn is the first <laughs> thing because I hate them yeah yeah which is a whole other you know yeah. problem and yeah, then it's you get them to agree to a lawn and it's just oh it will die oh it needs mowing oh it's so hard work to maintain and it's kind of yeah. like you know for us it's like we're not lawn specialists I don't ever say we are um and yes like I said you know what are the construction methods and what could be the main mistakes we're all making as we're going about trying our best to mm-hmm. give the customers a good lawn but we don't know much about it
1: it's it's you know I, I I'm you know without being facetious you know it's not an easy thing because obviously every garden construction has its own limitations
2: yeah you know.
1: to a point uh, costs are probably right up there you know gardens and I would say gardens and gardens uh, garden designers spend more effort on plants maybe rightly so I don't know I'm not I'm not going to be a judge of that but I think the lawn becomes the afterthought uh the the dump site and then it's 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 always lawns have always been something especially modern day they've been like plastering a wall you can have a wall that looks like it's falling down but if you stick a piece of plaster over it, it suddenly looks brand new yeah and lawns are very much like that you know we we i i would honestly ask anybody at all whether they would look at the soil for example that yeah. they're going to put the put into the lawn and say, how's this going to survive in the next ten years, and what's what's it going to do? Because we know that we know what soils will will or we know what will happen to soils to a point over years and years of water irrigation, droughts, etc. We kind of know. So why don't we then plan some sort of idea to help that along? Yeah. So I, I think one of the, one of the biggest problems, ter- turf type is, a, is one that, as I said to you before, is, is always a tricky one. You know, and I, I honestly think the turf growers perhaps need to, to have a reboot somewhere as well or rethink to see whether we can do something better. But one of the biggest problems I find, especially in gardens, you know, we tend to have pathways, we tend to have concrete, we, we tend to have barriers. So right. what, what tends to happen if you, if you choose a poor soil, for example, The only way water can go is down. So if it's not going to go down, you're slightly bogged. If it wants to move sideways and you've put concrete and slabs, that tends to sort of hold water from moving off your lawn. Yeah. So we can, we do this sort of, it's almost like a mini fishbowl effect on lawns Mm -hmm. where. We're not thinking, well, if that water does try and go there, maybe we put a French drain in or whatever it yeah. might be or something to take that excess water away. We don't think, of course, you know, we're going to have five months of rain. So, you know, what what is the plan, knowing what's going to happen? You know, we know that winter's wet. We know we don't get any evapotranspiration at all. We know that. You know grasses are, are under attack during the winter with disease and shade and sunlight and everything else so we know all these things but why don't we do a construction technique um and again i'm not saying it's actually physically possible but but i would look at most people and again this is me and and you know if people want to come back on me please do but i'd like to know how many landscapers actually look and think about the soil sort of structure of not just today when they're laying a lawn yeah. but in the future what are they going to do you know what what are they thinking about and maybe maybe some of it's because you know it's it is that last minute thing lawn's finished cover that crap over with a bit of soil throw the turf down and it'll look great maybe it is i don't know but you know i i think it's something that needs to be talked about you know um we've got a great landscape business you know industry out there you know there's some people you know, that, the, you know, certainly do gardens that I just, I can't even dream of being able to do. Yeah. But it always comes short of the lawn. And and yeah. and, and that comes, you know, with top designers in the world. Um, you know, I've had to reconstruct lawns for them. On many of a case. I won't mention any names, of course, but, you know, I've had to do that. And you think, well, and they, and you look through the brief and you go, consolidation, consolidate soils. And you think, what does that mean what does that mean you can consolidate with your feet you can consolidate with a mini digger you can yeah people obviously do but what you know are you thinking about the soil structure here or are you following a plan you know that plan's doomed doing it slightly wrong slightly wrong at that beginning that outset you're going to pay for that or somebody will pay for that in the future so um, it becomes it's like i say it's not easy don't get me wrong no. but I do think we need we need some more forethought in it, I think.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like when when as landscape designers we're designing a beautiful garden, we specify the, the materials, the plants, Which, think about it, but yeah, yeah, we're not really specifying the soil and the lawn. No. It comes to that area. You're right. And I think you're right, it's probably down to education where it's not really talked about, it's not really it's not really given a platform, really. It's. Well, not-
1: I, I suppose I mean the, the, the two two difficult things are the, the one plants are prettier than lawns. Yeah. No question, and and I understand when people spend more money on the plants than than the lawn, but it's also no wonder when lawns do fail that people start to rip them up and put plastic down, for example, or gravel or whatever, and take that, you know, that oxygen, carbon dioxide, you know, sucking plant away. So I, th- I think you know it's a it's a battle that we've done verbally over, over a number of years in the media. You know, I've been battling the plastic grassing for donkeys years now. You know, and it sadly falls on deaf ears. You yeah. know, I mean government ears. You know, they're I've always said you know it's a petroleum industry and, and if you think that someone isn't in someone's pocket then you're probably a little bit green perhaps. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended but but I do think that that, that is the case. I, I I think well, if if government think this is a great idea to to take the petroleum industry, turn it into well, it's carpet. I I hate calling it artificial grass. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing to do with grass. Just because it looks like it, it doesn't mean it is. And you know that's clever marketing. You know that's all that's been done for. If you called it carpet, which it is, it oh, wouldn't have carpet. a place in horse. <laughs> no, people would go. We're well, going to put some carpet down there what? Right,
2: strategy. I've, got cut- yeah, I,
1: I've got some old cut-offs if you can have if you do you know anything crikey yeah but but we're we're looking at a huge marketing machine and, yeah. and and I think you know yes it is done I've I've seen a lot of new builds you know where grass has failed and and it pains me to 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 look at them because you can't a lot of the time you can't necessarily blame the constructor you can't blame the landscape you've got to blame sadly the house builder and go well they're the people we need to talk to but how do you how do you tell someone to spend more money uh, on a on a tiny piece of a property that that is an afterthought you know most of them will go and worry about it go back to bed young man you know go go yeah. have a sleep you're worrying about nothing but of course you know in the scheme of life at the moment, it's not the most critical thing, but you just think, well, you know, why don't you just do it right? It's not, yeah. not asking you to build Wembley. We're, we're just saying construct it right. If you do it at the beginning, more people would be able to look after their lawns. The plastic grass thing would become a, a, a no-no. It's not necessary now. We've got bloody robot mowers. You yeah. know, we've got, we've got everything we need for a lawn to be sustainably looked after apart from the construction you know the construction is just that i think is probably the worst gray area because it emanates from that home uh, that home owner uh, building company that are going well this is how much money we're going to make that's the template that's the landscaper he's got bugger all to spend yeah he's got to be in and out of there because they're moving in and and that's that's kind of where we need a bit of interruption i think wh- whether it's possible god only knows yeah nice to find a you know a building um a building company sorry about that a building company somewhere with you know a a chairman who's got some morals i suppose when it comes to nature um it would be lovely wouldn't it
0: oh it would be and what (laughs) what do you think is like the future if we carry on down this route of because what like like you say the grass doesn't get constructed properly it's not well thought out planned and then They come in they rip it up and they put down you know plastic grass or more concrete or gravel i mean the impacts on the environment and stuff like that has got to be a big factor surely going forward
1: well i mean the strange thing again the plastic plastic carpet industry whatever they're called (laughs) i'm not going to call them you (laughs) you know the carpet industry are very very clever um if you try and find any information about how they manufacture or whatever you can't now there's got to be a reason you know if, if, yes. if this is such an environmentally friendly product why the hell aren't they standing at the top of the bloody tree and going this stuff is amazing this will save the planet yeah well obviously it won't and it, and it can't but the myths around it you know the the recycled bit is is a um, complete myth i think as far as i'm aware and i've i've been looking at this for years there's one recycling plant in Denmark I think right in the world in the world in the world and and it's shut down it doesn't work because it's too expensive to recycle now that might change in the future I don't know again still got to be questioned whether it's the greatest thing to to remove some of our lungs I suppose because grass is a a great big lung you know um, everyone talks about trees and everything else but Grass covers more, certainly um, more ground area than trees across the world. Uh, it's obviously in our food chains as well, in various forms. And it's, it's critical that we keep it within our homes, I think, for, purely for, for the cooling factor, for the carbon dioxide uh, uh, intake and the... Uh, uh, oxygen release you know it's a, it's a cooler you know it's an air conditioner at the same time so I think it is dangerous I don't know where the future goes because you know we <laughs> I don't know you know after after watching the news the last few days you just <laughs> never quite know do you no. but I, I think I think we we've become a convenient society obviously over many many years and and uh, you know there are people there that are I suppose I would probably, if I was being kind, call them too dumb, and that is that's being kind, too dumb to realise the damage they're doing. It's fairly obvious, you know. I think we've got the the gist of overusing plastic and replacing, you know, your your lungs in your garden with another lump of plastic or even something similar is is pretty ludicrous. And but the biggest, you know, what the biggest thing I think, I mean, I don't know how many landscapers, gardeners uh lawn people anyone interested in gardening come to that you know we need a hundred thousand don't we to to sign a petition
0: i think so
1: how the the hell have we not got a hundred thousand? i know
0: but i think it's to do with money Uh, unfortunately i think because a lot of people i talk to particularly where we run this time for turf campaign which is really just to try and get people to avoid installing yeah artificial grass um talk clients out of it try and educate clients why some of the myths around artificial grass are myths and why turf doesn't have to be hard work to maintain and also the benefits of it which is why i thought it was great to talk to you but a lot of the answer is like yeah but then i'm turning work down and i'm like yeah but at some point you've got to say no or it carries on yeah and even when you get involved with associations, they're like, but a lot of their suppliers are artificial grass manufacturers, so they don't want really to upset them. So although yeah. they might agree with the concept and what we're saying, yeah, um, it's money.
1: There's always somebody that will do it. Yeah, And, and that's the problem. You know, the, if you leave the decision down to people, it's either you know there's a monetary thing or a moral thing somewhere. And yeah. we know from you know social media that those two are out there in very small numbers with many people this is important enough it's got to come from government yeah uh, it shouldn't be difficult it shouldn't be difficult again when you think of mps and, and people that you assume are a little bit cleverer than you you assume that's yeah. what i mean you know it's a bloody dangerous thing to uh, assumption isn't it but yeah but you assume that somebody somewhere would would listen to the argument and go Christ, yeah, I don't know why we even bother with it. You know, we've got landfill. They're putting in landfill. That's illegal. That's not shouldn't be happening. People are probably burning it, guaranteed. And and if if you could ever sit down with somebody and say, hang on a minute, you know, Mister Mister Head of Defra or whatever, you know, this is what we've got. We've got nature already. This is what it's you know God created or whatever. You know what? Why are we doing this? Just remind me the benefits here, because you know we you they don't have arguments. The plastic grass people don't have arguments. They can sit there and say, you know, put on a, a lovely um, internet piece or something going, you know, easy grass or whatever. And they've got all the marketing skills. Sadly, that if we had them, you know, we'd be far better off. But these are people that, that in my opinion. You know they they're money people. They're interested yes. in money. They're not interested in the environment. They couldn't give a monkeys. Right. No. You know they'll be driving down to you know driving down to work in their big big um, four by fours or Bentleys or whatever because they must be making absolute fortunes of money. Um, and no one cares. It, it just right. beggars belief.
0: It's it's just quite sad, especially not when with homeowners and clients that we see. They're. They want to help the environment, So they're recycling. Yeah. They're doing this, but then they're adamant they want yeah. plastic in their garden, yeah. or yeah. they don't realise it's going to get hot. And I'm like, it's plastic. Of course, it's it, going to get hot. Like
1: petrol, petroleum. You, know,
0: you can't you turn know. the sun
1: down. it will catch, catch bloody light. It, it, you know, and we have seen that, haven't we? It's caught yes. light. You know, it, it's a dangerous thing. I mean, I, I, it's it's just amazing, it, absolutely amazing, how people. Well, I, I don't know. I, as I say, I think some of it's just down to IQ, you know, it's yeah. not not we're not, you know, we're not talking of sending people back to school to get a PhD on the <laughs> ill effects or bad effects of something here. This is bloody obvious, you know, but you I think know.
0: people prefer to be ignorant than acknowledge that there's, you know, there's bigger ways they could help the environment. There's, I just don't, yeah, sometimes I don't see the importance of having plants and lawns and, Trees.
1: Yeah. They just want everything perfect, looking perfect. Which yeah. Yeah, yeah, stone, plastic. Yeah. yeah, It's it's a weird
0: one, isn't it? It's I, a I'm very a, strange
1: a, world. I can't even get my head around it. If I'm honest, I, I wouldn't say I've given up on the you know the plastic grass uh, thing. I suppose, but I, I, you, I you lose faith in it. You lose yeah. faith in in the horticultural industry. You know, we 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 shouldn't be struggling. I mean, the RHS have got five six hundred thousand members. But can you get the IHS to come out about it? They, I mean, I battled with them last year and they eventually over Twitter came up with a reply of sorts, uh, which, if, if I'm honest, they sat on the fence right around the garden you know, because they, yeah. wouldn't, they won't really come off the fence. And that's sad. They're a horticultural society making a lot of money. And they've made a lot of money in the past, I think, about artificial grass companies being at their shows. Yeah, to hundred percent. You know, it's a bit. It's a bit like the war, isn't it? They're going well. You know, we're we're not going to let Putin buy Kit Kats anymore. He's he, you know, he's doomed. We, we've hit him where it hurts. And he of loves course. those <laughs> Kit Kats in the afternoon. That's the same thing. You know, somebody saying, "Well, we don't advise it." Oh, really? Yeah. A cultural society, you sh- You know, you should be down there. Like There's like a ton of bricks. I know. And 600,000 of your members should be signing that petition. We should be in the houses of parliament. The bloody environment minister should be going, oh shit, yeah, this is serious. Let us stop it, bungo. Yeah. Let's, Let's go out this afternoon and celebrate. It should be that easy, but it isn't. It's
0: the it's the hardest thing, and no one wants to set. No one wants to stand up and be counted when you speak out against it either. Just in case there's a backlash. Yeah. Or well, I do. Beyond, I don't have don't a problem at either. all.
1: I don't have a problem at all. I I talked to a. Uh, I mean, I did have an artificial grass guy once. Said, "Oh, we should do a Facebook, you know, Q and A." Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And I thought, yeah, and I said, yeah, let's go ahead." Never heard back from. No, I've he Never heard back. I would name him, but um, you know, I can't remember his name. He was, you know, busy counting his money. I think.
0: I love it. <laughs> what What's your big dream for? You know how this could happen is it to get get up to, into parliament and and get you know
1: absolutely done there? yeah yeah I mean did, you know again it's a little bit of a weird thing with the with the RHS I mean they they've obviously got the biggest voice I think in in horticulture and I remember they did a a, a few years ago there was a lady I, I knew quite well working for the RHS and I remember writing to her and said you know, why did not you have lawn care, at, you know, going to the Houses of Parliament and talking, but why don't you have anyone involved in lawn care? And, and it wasn't a case of me going, why well, want
2: to go to the Houses of yeah. Parliament?
1: And it wasn't anything to do with that, because, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be about me, but, but why was nobody representing lawns? They cover more of the UK than gardens, football pitches and everything else. But of course they said, well, we've got the IOG there. I said, well, that's football pitches. That's not representing lawns, and I think it quite upset her, you know. And I apologise for that, but I mean, it was like, well, you know, why aren't lawns represented? They're, they're, they're the biggest feature in our gardens and yeah. environment, but we don't have anyone representing them. um And you know, maybe maybe it's one of them things that I think a lot of people. Let's be fair. If they went to the houses of parliament, they'd be up in their cap and uh in awe of uh, of everything whereas i'd be the one stood up there probably actually belting out the facts saying you know <laughs> you're a bunch of bloody idiots and probably thrown out maybe <laughs> i'm not like that but but i mean it is something that needs facts it needs confidence in talking about it it needs um an understanding of the, the environmental issues and when you've got bodies such as the RHS and maybe maybe you know landscape institutes and goodness knows what else you've got all those fractions that are still sitting there going well, it's good money yeah you know then it's, it's sort of maybe part of the problem again
0: with um the lawn association so a lot of my listeners are garden designers gardeners landscapers. Yeah. how can they get involved in the lawn association and what can it offer them and stuff like that I mean,
1: again one of the i spoke to i did a talk for the london college of garden design not plugging them i don't know quite i don't know the design world and the you know i I don't get involved that much in that area to be honest but i did a talk on them and and it was a bit the same thing saying well you know we need to improve and we're we're here to help you improve and one of the things that we're currently doing actually is i suppose writing a learning course on on constructing gardens you know the the real the from a from a a law i I hate to call myself a lawn expert (laughs) because everyone calls themselves that but from a lawn maintenance perspective yeah what are the problems you will incur it's not a case of that you won't you will incur problems and it's trying to make it simple almost like a complete template of going well you know I've got to use my own brain here still I've got to, yeah. I mean you know if I don't look at my soil type if I don't look at my ph levels and get perhaps soil tested for example at that initial stage maybe I'm going to cause a problem have I have I did a have I done a percolation test on on soils for example when they're in situ um, once they've been consolidated some lawns, I know that, you know, they, I mean, they, they literally don't drain whatsoever. So you would think, well, OK, that, that's fairly obvious. We know that soil percolates water. And if we're consolidating too badly, how, it's fairly obvious. It's not, you know, we're not changing the plug here. You know, this is quite simple. We need to think about how we do that at the beginning. The, the one big thing about lawns different to gardens is that we can do many things to our gardens that we can't with our lawns yeah try and maintain them and we maintain them with a cover whereas our flower beds and vegetable beds you know you can add them up to them you can shut them down for five months a year or whatever it might be and do do anything you wish you know almost replace them well we can't do that with lawns so we the construction bit at the beginning is more critical than than any other part of the garden because we don't want to dig them up we've got to maintain them so again it's really putting together a sort of I mean it is it's a virtually impossible thing to do because everyone will still interpret and design a garden based on something slightly off the wall Um, but it's again trying to give people at least an understanding of these are the problems that you will incur going forward that's a guarantee so when you're constructing look at this look at this look at this look at this so it's something that that I've been putting together since that meeting with London College Garden design so but I you know it's it's something that I need to consult designers with landscapers with as well it's not something I'm just going to put there and go read that yet you, you know you lot because it, because I you know I don't I, I do construct lawns but I don't construct many you know I advise people how to do it but again I'm not traveling all around the country putting in hundreds and hundreds. So landscapers have got to get involved, you know, designers have got to get involved in and give us their interpretation of where their pros and cons and difficulties are as well. So it will take a while, but it's something again that that I think, yeah, it's gonna if it makes looking after a lawn easier, therefore saves another lawn to to the plastic or or you know a new car a carport yeah. or whatever it might be then it is it's important to me every little garden you know is is like mine uh, that's the way I look at lawns they're, they're all like mine <laughs> I, them I, all.
0: I think it's great I I think it's great because yeah I, I just think lawns are, are not they're not they're not given the thought like everything else and they're not given no. much you know but when you've got a you know i can imagine if you've got a lawn that's easy to maintain and it looks yeah. nice and yeah. you know, it, it does its job then it's lovely yeah. i think the yeah. problems are because we're not constructing or thinking about the problems in the life you know in the life of the lawn essentially yeah and we're just having problems with lawns so people are yeah. oh, too much of a headache get rid of it yeah and put the other stuff down so yeah i think you're right it starts with the education it starts with us but that is,
1: that's that's the perf- goes back to the perfect lawn ideology where you go right okay plant growing in really good soil looks after itself better right grass species growing that way covering over gaps so that the sun can't bake it you know using sensible food if you want a slightly nicer lawn rather than polymer coated blue and no. plastic prilled crap i mean it's it, we laugh but sadly it's out there and it's out there in masses and people have been putting oh, polymer food down plastic coated food on their lawns for ages you know the likes of green thumb i mean uh, again it's a, another no. company that morally doesn't give a monkeys no putting plastic down in our soils that'll be there in 100 years time
0: but when you think about even that because i saw on um your website you you have a true garden range is that sort of a different
1: Oh, it's so good. The, the, you know that I would it's been in the industry for 35 years. A company from Ireland developed this product made from composted recycled food waste. And now people people will go, Oh Christ, you know, I've seen my bin after a week, it looked bloody awful. So what they what they do, they compost certain food waste. It's not obviously
2: everything. You know, they,
1: don't, they don't go down the council depot and shovel no. up as <laughs> well they take they take the bits there's two reasons behind it so the first the first main bit is that most people use either a polymer coating as the area to attach the the fertilizer to or they use something like chalk you know you often see a, a white granule but it's chalk with fertilizer attached to it and of course they're not doing anything to it so it's clever but soil biologists looked at this and went well if we take out if we compost certain food waste that release naturally certain really beneficial products like humic acid, and fulvic acid, amino acids, um, minerals, vitamins, etc., So et If you take that and put it into a prill that is basically going to release that, it's also going to improve the soil over time as well. So it's been I've been using it for thirty five years. They you know, I remember a company coming in and going. This is this is brilliant. This will do this, this, and this, and and, and I was I was head of a like I say a very big golf club, and everyone sold me the best fertilizers in the world, but but we were lucky enough to be able to trial them, and yeah. I remember trialing it. And I'm thinking, you know, so this does everything except make the teeth really. And he said, you'd be surprised. And and 35 years later, we've been able to sell it into the retail market. We're just starting today. Yeah. As as of you know today almost. But it's soil conditioner as well as a, a feed. And we've got it for, we've got true grass for lawns. Yeah. We got true yield for crops, vegetables and true bloom for flowers. And it, they are remarkable because they're, because they're soil conditioners, they're conditioning the soil all the time. Yeah. The NPK is incredibly low. So it's not necessarily you're just giving you a flush of growth, but it's, it's enhancing the soil. And that's, that's the one thing that, if you talk to anyone like me, for example, to about lawns, I would say feed the soil. Just feed the soil. If you go, if you you know, if you go mad and want to make it look like Wimbledon for four, five, six months a year, great. But you know, not everyone's obsessed about lawns like you are. People want it to be simple, they want it to be sustainable, they want it to be not bad for the environment. Yeah. And, and the true, certainly the true grass for the lawns is, I, would, I, I mean, I've seen every fertiliser in the world. I've listened to the crap, of you were part of my French, from all the fertiliser reps about how theirs is the best. strange how so many have the best one, isn't it? Cool. But I've, I see for myself, and I've seen it over, sadly, 42 years now. And this is just simple soil biology that's all and it's taking a sustainable process using that composted food waste as the carrier so you can get more more product in it you get more humic acid in there you get more more a little bit more npk if you really wanted it because it can absorb it you know with chalk it's got practically no absorption at all you know um Polymer, you know got nothing at all so you know it's simple biology it, it, yeah. I, I don't understand why people wouldn't buy it and that that's regardless of whether I I was selling it or, or whatever yeah but it's called true garden range it's you know I think we've got our own website there may be some very exciting things happening with it soon which I can't say anything about today but maybe maybe but it it's one of those products I I would I wonder when people use it why everybody wouldn't want it because it's it's just simple it's really simple soil biology and a sustainable one at that
0: but again i think it just comes back to we're all we're all fed you know (laughs) the lie. and essentially we just buy what's on the shelves and don't really we just buy whatever the propaganda the company's choosing to tell you so until they look into it and and it's the same as when When we take supplements and stuff, people think, you know, say one vitamin C supplement is the same as another. They don't bother to look at the... the
1: And do you need it in the first place?
0: Exactly. Are you having the right food? Are you. you And it's exactly the same thought process, really. Yeah, Um,
1: we're marketed to death, sadly. And everyone, you know, when it comes down to it, the products that we buy a lot of the time is down to how much marketing people spend to get to uh, be the first thing that you think about.
2: Yeah, Um, And
1: it's, it's just very clever, but the products they have generally are very, very poor. They are the the, the four in one is the prime example, um, four in one feed and weed. I haven't said anything over the years, but I mean, it's, it's, so you've got, basically, you've got a product there, right? Where you've got NPK sprayed into it. You've got a moss control, not a moss killer because moss killers doesn't even exist. Hasn't done for 20 years. That needs a lot of water to remove it and to be safe and to stop it blackening. You've then got a herbicide in there, which doesn't need much watering. I'm not quite sure how those two go together. together. So what will happen is that if you water it too much, the herbicide will just go into your soil and won't kill weed. Yeah. If you don't water it enough, it will go very black. The two don't go together, but it's... So it's old. millions and millions and millions and millions and um, again, it's got to change. You know, the first form of weed control is, isn't herbicides, it's, it's thick grass. We're using the right type of grass and making it really, really thick. Lawns don't have, uh, grass won't give weeds a chance. And if they do, one or two aren't bad either. Um, no. We've we just gone a little bit too crazy on, on the requirement, <laughs> apparently, of not a weed in sight. Um, it's
0: not fine. a weed you,
1: have a, you can still have a stripy manicured lawn even with weeds in it and to be perfectly honest you can like i say you can have different types of lawn with with plenty of i mean last year i i had dandelions flowering they just adapted to the height of cut yeah so uh, you know they were still there the bees were quite happy i mean the grass looked quite good so you you can do it it can easily be done but again it's education the people yeah. assume that they've got to Put weed killer down they've got to do this they've got to do that you know but again go back to the perfect lawn botanically everything becomes really simple everything becomes less of a problem and therefore you can look after your lawn simply but maybe a lot more sustainably than you think as well
0: oh it's been really good to talk to you i've learned loads about lawns and
1: uh,
0: <laughs> it's made me have a different perspective on things that way which is great and i hope people that are listening may take the next steps, like sign the petition, which will be in the, the show notes, look at what they're feeding them, soils, get some education, look at the Lawn Association, do everything so we can try and get, um, get heard.
1: Well, I think it is, it's about horticulture coming together, you know, um, don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I, you know, I, I might have a lot of answers, but, but equally there's a lot of uh, fractions of horticulture that have got to come together and we've got to network together a bit better. That word is a word I I hate because people talk about it, but they rarely do it. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Even those that do talk about it end up not particularly doing it. I don't know sometimes whether it's just too much work, but I think as a community, you know, lawn care sits on its own, very much on its own. And you think, well, why is it? We've got this lovely word horticulture. Lawn care is not represented in it, but it's the biggest facet of gardening full stop across the country. And then we've got lots of people. You know, we've got gardeners, we've got landscapers, we've got our horticulturalists. I can not say so that, but we've got all these different factions. But really, come together, yeah. Where well, they come together under that horticultural umbrella, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, it
0: doesn't go any further.
1: No, no. And that—that's. I mean, I'm not saying that's easy. Don't get me wrong. I think. Um, but I think somebody needs to bring a lot more of gardening and the landscape and the and, and the horticultural bit together. To make us all sing from a similar, you know, song sheet. It's, it's, you know, we all want sustainability. We all know we're not bloody stupid. Yeah. But we've all got to help each other as well. And, and like I say, that that's partly what the association is about. Is sort of it's chucking out all the rubbish that you've learned probably in the last twenty five years and going, well, actually, that's not going to work. It, and, and it's true. It, it, it's sort of it's a bit like that. If you think that, you know, if you're if you've looked after your lawn well and sustainably over the last 24 years or 25 years then hats off to you probably you need to be teaching someone else but most people aren't and they don't and they don't care and we need to make people wary of what how lawns are important and moving forward how we can all do it a little bit easier we don't i don't want to be a slave to my lawns ever um but i know that if i try and get them growing correctly that actually is. <laughs> no trouble at all it's really simple it's really easy you know i i mean i would like i say have a look at our next video in in four or five weeks time when we revisit our little bit of a you know scarifer or prune it's a pruning technique scarifying. so yeah. we prune the grasses that actually then turn into new plants which then regenerate to make it a little thicker and we don't need to, over- right. see, don't need to worry about overseeding so in four weeks time we'll stripe it up for, for those that think that's strike like is important and um, it will look fantastic and and uh, you know that's how simple it can be one hour's work and all I've got to do then is just mow it for the rest of the year I don't need to water it I'll let that you know nature do that bit it's got a, a, an adaption technique that it's learned over millions of years that if it goes hot it shuts down goes brown quite simple when it rains it wakes up a, it's a it's the most um, resilient plant we have on the planet and it, it should be in our gardens because you know take take it away from there you might as well take it away from everywhere else and the world would be a, well, certainly the uk would be a very different place with plastic everywhere that's for sure so 100
0: um, right thank you for coming on and um hope to chat to you again soon
1: Yes, yes, uh, definitely, definitely, you know, it'd be good maybe to, like I say, get some other people's opinions as well, even if they're coming back at me with um, arguments, you know, again, I think, you know, lawn care and and the gardening world and the landscape world has has got to be debated. it's got to be, it's, it's, it's a great thing.